We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. Jake Burns, your host, here with John Colosimo. We get with John every now and again. Uh, as as John has decided to make his family larger, the time by which we normally have has shrunk. I think those of you out there who have added kids to your, your marriage understand what we're talking about. So when I get time with John, I always appreciate it. And if you're a longtime listener of the podcast itself, you know that we did a couple different bits, right? We did like a parent's corner when we got some time together and we would always talk about movies. Well, I want to do that in old school Friday banter with John Colosimo episodes. We're going to do both, John. What's up, buddy? How's life? It's going pretty good, man. You know, work's busy. They still flying um, you around everywhere? Yeah, a little less so now. Um, so yeah. that's nice. Staying home a little bit more and uh, we got jobs starting up, but i um, starting to get some extra team members that are, uh, that are quality. So that always feels pretty good. Uh, so things are going good. Things go good at home. Uh, this little monster of a daughter that I have is getting too smart, too quick, man. So yeah, that's funny to watch and compare to the boys. Let me tell you, they definitely develop quicker. No, no doubt. Well, you're in that realm. So we have friends of ours who have, and I want to say, if you want to hear something other than this, I will probably try to timestamp it. You're not a parent. You don't care about this bit. We're going to talk for a minute. Then we're going to talk movies for a minute. Then we'll do some Brown stuff at the end. But um, we have a couple friends who are um, in town. Obviously, one, the, the the mother works with Kel, my wife, at the salon. And uh, the, the, we'll get together with them. They have two girls. And like the difference in how our one-and-a-half-year-old plays, like it's night and day. I know that like <laughs> – I understand this is all it's been out there and you've seen it, but unless you have like you have someone who's got a similar age set of kids, like if you're just with boys all the time, you don't understand the calm that is when you arrive in, in the girl, like in a girl led household, <laughs> like it's just a completely different vibe. Oh yeah. And, and I know that catches up down the line. Like I know that when you're the only dad in the house and there's three women and the girls are teenagers, like that, I think that all, checks and balances kick in on that, but that is, that is wild. So what I want to hit you with is there are three of three kids, you guys are outnumbered. So like something we have been going through 
with our, our we just had our oldest turn six and our youngest is one and a half and just over that and you know one and a half man like actively doing all this just doesn't care about anything doesn't understand the ramifications of no doesn't care about you know throwing things risking his life what does this do what does that do you know that you've been through it too and the thing that I have noticed and what we're going through, that is really the most difficult thing is default parent syndrome. I am with the kids multiple days of the week alone, right? She goes to work, whatever, whatever. Like I'm not a dad who is just like a five to nine and there's nothing wrong with that. Quite obviously. I'm just saying that I'm around a lot. I'm there. I'm here. And she is out of the house a significant amount more than me. And I feel like I'm a, I'm always taken back by the default parent syndrome, which is like the kids just want their mom all the time. She can't go to the bathroom alone. She can't, <laughs> she can't leave the room without them knowing where she's going. I'm curious if like, I know because your two boys are a little younger and I know your daughter probably obviously is attached to her. So I'm like, are you dealing with that too? Where it's like, hey, I'm sitting right here. I can help you with that thing. Leave <laughs> that opened. I can do that. You want the TV turned on? I'm right here. When I'm alone with them, I'm the hero. When mom comes <laughs> home, it's like I'm not there, and it's default. And it drives, it gets her tired, crazy, right? Because like they're following her all the time and all that. So I was curious if you have dealt with or you or your kids like pretty good about the split of mom dad. Um, yeah, but it's still mommy. Mommy is still number one, you know, no matter what. So, um, you know the. And they'll they'll play off, you know, like if you're trying to get them ready and they're just trying to stop you up, they'll say, I want the other parent <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, or whatever task that is. Um, but, yeah, I would just I would say, you know, mom, mom is the one still that they they want most. And, and that comes to affect Val most at bedtimes because we do separate bedtimes. To a certain extent, we've actually been on a, on a roll where we've been getting these guys down, both of them, by like 8.30, 8.45, like a nice two-week roll where we're like a machine. But generally speaking, she gets the uh, business end of, you know, uh, who they want to go up uh, to bed with, you know, and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So, yeah, I get it. No, that is the number – I think it's the number one most frustrating thing we're going through right now is like I'm like here. I'm able to help. And like, there's a screaming, crying, like even if she just has to go to the bathroom, there's just like, they won't let her go. And it's like, my God, when did, when do they get past this? And maybe it's as the younger feeding on the older a little bit. Like, I don't know. It's oh, kind of yeah. like the number one for sure. Yeah. The number one thing. And I know, and I know that you've dealt with this, but our youngest now just wants to wrestle the oldest who's now six. So he's got his own set of like, I want to do these things this time. And he's routine based and the leading cause of chaos is the youngest wanting to just trampoline the old doesn't want to play i'm like i'm doing something else i'm building drawing watching the ipad or something and he's like get this dude off of me but the youngest just wants to you know drop some ddts on him whenever he can <laughs> that's the leading cause of chaos too you know what i mean yeah mine are uh mine are closer they're about a year and a half apart a little less than that i think um so it is just you know anytime anywhere a wrestling match will break out <laughs> and that could go on for God knows how long my, we got my, um, my mother-in-law is living with us. They sold their house in Michigan. They're moving to Ohio. Um, she's been helping us out too. And um, she had all girls 
and she just was not prepared for what boy and i you know i grew up in households with all boys you know mm-hmm. i got a ton of brothers um they you know so she just wasn't prepared you know it probably took her a good i don't know year or two really just to really understand and being here really living here to see that no you're not going to control the situation mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, like she absolutely hates that the phrase "boys will be boys." Hates it, hates yep. it with passion. And I'm like, look, you know, outside of using it as an excuse for older boys or whatever, like as younger boys, like I, I think you're going to learn that there's a reason that that saying exists, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, she spent a bunch of time trying to like break them up, and you know, eventually, you know, we're like, we don't even try, you know. <laughs> it's no. just, yeah. Let them get the energy out at that point, man. That's exactly. one way to exactly. that's one way to let them go. No, the uh the the grandparent arrival is another topic we'll have to get into at some point where it's like, man, this game has changed, folks. You need to take the parents' advice on this, right? How to how to how to, you know, herd these the, the cattle in here. It's different than it was in 1994, right? So we need to have a a little conversation on that. It's been a point of conversation. Oh, yeah. We're actually going to California for four days. So this is my first time leaving both of them for an extent. It's adults, a little adult mom and dad only get away. We haven't had one in a while. So a little nerve wracking there. But yeah, we've got one of those set up for October and that'll be the first one of those. But before that, in about a month, we are taking all of them out to Arizona and I'm dreading it. But um, spent the extra money, got nonstop flights. Because I'm not trying to spend nine hours in an airport with a, you know, a four, a three, and a, and a one and a half. That that's just not a recipe for success. Yeah, we went out to Wyoming to see the brother-in-law with all with with a young Pratt was young man, um, and that's you know you just have things set up for him, man, on the airplane. That's it. Whole bunch of things as much as many as you can do <laughs> to keep them like activity to activity on the airplane. That's the trick that we found. And then, you know, the lucky part is having one that's young enough that'll nap. If you get up super early, that'll nap on the airplane. That's always a helpful, helpful bit there. If you time it up just right and give them to the fall asleep when the plane takes off, but that's wishful thinking sometimes, you know, and especially like if you've, have you flown with all of them before or not? Absolutely not. Yeah, well, that you feel like everyone's looking at you because you're like, oh, are you going to be the ones on this flight that just <laughs> make this the miserable trip? So you're trying like hell not to let that happen because they, they board you before everybody else. You know, I think like Southwest, they'll let you board like right after the first boarding group. So you're like separated, can't blend in with the crowd. Everyone knows like that's the people. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Anyway. All right. That's dad. That's dad corner or whatever I wanted to. Wanted to hit on a couple things there that have been prevalent in our household with the ages we're at. Um, listen, we're going to switch over and talk movies. I want I want to hit on what I think is uh, a movie that is going to be huge, and then I want to hit on get your uh, your opinion on the TV show that just came out and finished. Uh, so Dune comes out the turn of the month here, March first. Are you into? Did you watch the first one? Did you like it? I don't, I don't yeah. know if we talked about that. So I, I think I passed it up about 150 times or, or more. And then finally there was just a night where, you know, Val went to bed early and it's, you know, Saturday or whatever. And I just clicked on it. So I watched it and I, th- I thought it was pretty good. And then I went out and I got the audio book and I listened to the book um, like the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I thought that was really, really good old sci-fi book. Um, so I am, I am very excited for the second one. Yeah. So, well, that's what I want to hit on. So, so like the rave around the second Dune movie here is pretty strong. The visuals and the, the, the beauty of the first one. And I thought it was pretty well acted. Uh, the first one too was great. And then you look at Denny Villeneuve's, which listen, John and I spent a, a solid five minutes before the show, making sure we got his name pronunciation correctly, multiple videos, <laughs> he's the director and he has done some really fantastic stuff over the years. So like, if you're not familiar and I'm sure some of you are, maybe some of you aren't, he's done movies. One of my, like in my top three is arrival. Uh, I just think it's phenomenal work, a great spin on like linguistic study of somebody arriving on the planet instead of the traditional horror movie, alien arrival stuff. Uh, Sicario was really good. Blade runner 2049 was really good dune the first one these are like so they're ranked here i'll put the tweet in the description of this pod so rotten tomatoes gives those a percentage and then enemy which was also really good i don't know if you saw that so at the bottom is enemy which was 71 percent 81 percent for prisoners which was a really well done jake gyllenhaal hugh jackman movie did you see that one no worth your time well worth your time I won't give anything about it away. The second, the first Dune got an 83%. That's uh, Blade Runner got an 88%. The Ryan Gosling version here recently, which was visually amazing. Great move. Did you see that one? I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was phenomenal. Did you see Sicario? I did not. Yeah. Again, up your alley. I think you'd really like Sicario. I can't suggest that one enough at 92%. Arrival gets a 94%. And then the second Dune part two is a 90, 97%. That's quite the catalog that, Villanova's putting together here, man. Like that is a really impressive grouping of films here. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Rival is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, It's absolutely outstanding movie. The and it's you know the sound, the use of the sound is is incredible. The multiple themes, which are uh, really good, and will make you think after the movie. Love that movie. You can't forget it. It's one of the few that will stick. It's like Inception for me, where it's like it's seared into my brain about like this is an amazing way to think about this certain particular subject in a way that I've never thought about it, but you should see Sicario. You should see prisoners in your free time uh, coming up. Those are really good. But I just was like, man, I guess Dune two is going to be really good. Part two is going to be phenomenal if it's ranked out in front of these movies. And really like the list that he's putting together is starting to rival some of the best in the industry here because he's on a, pretty spectacular run. So I plan on seeing that one as about as soon as we can upon getting back from California. I think we got a couple of days, the extra sprinkled in leap year day, but that's one that is, uh, that's up there. Other things coming out this summer. I wanted to hit if, if you're going to, if you're out on the comic book realm or if you're in, so Deadpool and Wolverine, I feel like I have to see that. I feel like Reynolds and Jackman together is going to be too good to pass up. Oh, must absolutely must see. Okay. I'm in on that one. Craven, the hunter. Yeah. Don't yeah, know. Same. Yeah. That's August 30th. Joker uh, part two here. I like, did you see the first one? I didn't. And for whatever reason, it's just one of those movies that didn't interest me. Like just from the trailers, I never saw it. I, I went to that one alone and that is a really depressing film to go to. It looked depressing. Alone. It was yeah, people depressing. Liked it looked depressing. Yeah. Jo- Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix was, uh was great. It was a really great job by him. But like, man, 
I, how this works with Lady Gaga is going to be really interesting. I probably will end up seeing that. I don't know if it's a theater thing, but I'll see it. And then they're putting out another Venom. Can you? I mean, is Venom getting to the third movie, the biggest comic upset of all time? It's pretty wild. I, I, I mean, he, I can't believe like I, the second one was really bad. The I first like one was like meh. Yeah, first it's, one. It's was, it's just whatever you know. But I, I'll I'll go watch it. It's an interesting choice. I kind of can't believe they're doing it. But that's that's the corner of movies I wanted to hit on. I have to talk about True Detective. So I tried the first, like, okay, obviously season one of True Detective, everyone loved. It's the it's the only season of a show I've watched multiple times. I've watched it three times. I think it's some of my favorite television up there with Mindhunter that I've ever consumed in, ter- in terms of me being just, like, totally captivated by what I'm watching. The second season I missed because people hated it. The third season I enjoyed until the end was a little dicey, but I thought the third season was fine. But I tried the first one of this season and I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I I don't. (laughs) There was like a Jodie Foster fantasy football joke that she tried to tell in the first episode. I'm like, I don't, I really think this is bad. And I, I, I feel like it's only gotten worse. Did it, did it, did you watch all of it? Yeah, we finished it last night, actually. Is it as bad as they're saying? Yes. It, I can't I can't imagine how it gets worse than where it started, man. That is that is really rough. And they're renewing it for a fifth season. I, that's, that was shocking to me. I saw that today. I'm like, how? How? In what way? You know, and I, I was right before I hopped on, uh, onto the pod, uh, I was reading something about where this guy was celebrating that. But it was really in the sense of sticking it to... Um, the original uh, showrunner, you know, because he had been making comments or whatever, trashing this show. And so everybody got really mad at him for that. And so he was praising the green light for a fifth season, but only because it was sticking it to that guy. I'm like, I I don't even understand how I understand you want to, you want to dump on that guy. That's fine. Um, But you have to know this was, absolutely terrible tv i only finished i almost like almost hate watched it to finish yeah that that is um i I really can't believe how far down that that movie is or sorry that tv show has put itself man so all right well you got the opinion of of john i think i've seen others like jordan zerm think the same i just couldn't keep going with it limited time are are you a curb guy I should ask. Uh, long I, I'm time a, ago, long time yeah. ago was. I was shocked to learn that it was still going on. <laughs> it's going better than ever, man. The the twelfth season is. I, I, w- I wish you watched it still because the most recent one is as good as anything he's anything he's put out. So we'll save that for another time, another guest, since you're out on that. But that's okay. That's the only other thing I've had time to watch. I have watched Masters of the Air, which has really come on strong. I don't know if you're into that kind of thing. The first few episodes, like the first episode and a half to two is like, this feels like a Pearl Harbor recreation in a sense, like how they're trying to do this. Mm-hmm. But then they really have shifted it into how hard life was for what people think was the glory position of like the the, the attack of World War II, which is the, 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 you know, the Air Force part of it. And it's like, now these guys were, were flying into hell and like you punched out, you're punching out in Germany and good luck, like figure it out. Right. Like <laughs> it's uh, it's something that you guys, if you're interested or on the fringe of it, the, the really, the way the CGI and how they're shooting it is phenomenal. It's really visually beautiful as well. Five, five episodes in it's 
on Apple TV. It's pretty good. So I'm gonna check that that's out. my rec. Any other recommendations? Not right now. It's kind of a dead zone right now. That's I mean, we went. Uh, I was curious, so I went back and we watched half of the first episode of uh, season three, True Detective, because I did skip two and three because of mm. you know how people had talked about it. So. Um, I don't like that's the kind of area of dead zone I'm in. We're just kind of digging for something to watch, um, you know, for just pure silliness. We've checked out that ghost. And I think that that came back on. Um, but that's just, you know, kind of mindless entertainment. If we just want to burn 30 minutes before going to bed. Yeah, there's another one like the. Mr. and Mrs. Smith remake. I've seen some promising. Oh yeah. Somebody says good about that the other day. Yeah. I might have to give that a try too. I'm going to have some time to consume film over the next four days to have a, have some time to catch up on that stuff. But anyway, all right, we're going to take a break, come back. And then we have a little bit of Brown stuff and then we're going to get out of here. Not much going on. It's, it's the NFL's bye week essentially happening right in front of us next to zero news. But we have a couple questions. We didn't do a mailback this week, but a couple questions worth, I think answering. So, we will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view 
which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so a couple questions from our OBR section on uh, insider stuff that I think are worth, worth asking about. You know, I think the question here says, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of, um, you know, reason to allow Nick Chubb to move on, right? If this maybe wasn't a famous player, maybe like Joe Mixon, not universally beloved, there'd be a lot of reason to move on. But I think the way the organization has presented Nick multiple times out in front of things, there's a real legend of the game happening here with the organization. How bad do you think the blowback would be is the question here. If they were to move on from Nick, do you think it's something that they could recover from? Or do you think the fan base would just reach a boiling point? No, I mean, you can recover from anything, but I do think that it would be about as well received as Bernie getting cut was. I think it could be on par. And I, you know, the Bernie stuff got way uglier than people remember or people that weren't there want to remember true like that was that was pretty that was pretty grotesque man so talking about like ropes outside the stadium and some really really gnarly stuff so i i do think it you know if you're talking about then you're prioritizing watson over him that's where it gets you know a little tricky because then you you have to admit that that's what you're doing because you're you're cap cutting some people here and I think it gets really challenging to bring some people who are maybe even on the fringe as it is back into it. I could see some people getting really offended by that. All right. So this next one says, regardless of the draft or, um, you know, it says regardless of the draft or free agency, if you could pick one guy, like your guy, that's a realistic, you know, obviously the draft, we're not going to say Marvin Harrison Jr., but like, if you could pick your guy that you just would really like the Browns to come out of this offseason making a move for and come, you know, arriving on the football team, who would it be? So, I mean, if if I got to just pick one player that I think is very realistic um, in terms of they'll actually hit the market and this is just a dream, it's not realistic in terms of if not being there, they want to come to Cleveland. It would It would be Mike Evans, like – if you could get Mike Evans to come up to Cleveland, an automatic, you know, quarterback-proof producer, that is the perfect prototypical X. I mean, you turn, you're turning, you know, Amari Cooper goes to the Chris Godwin to his Mike Evans. Like that's what Mike would be. He'd be a great vertical route tree route runner. 
Um, obviously a proven winner leadership part of that. If that's a guy, if, if I could in a dream scenario get to arrive in Cleveland, that would be it. If I could draft one, it'd probably be Xavier Worthy, who I think I've talked to you about before is like Marvin Mims on steroids here. That's that's how I view Worthy, and I think that that's something the Browns need. And I think he's going to really, really test well and, and uh, prove some of that stuff too. And uh, But th- that's a guy, again, like top of the second round, maybe maybe slides back a little bit, but um, those are my two that I find myself like really dreaming about improving the offense. Do you have any guys that have come to mind? For the offense? Um, I, I don't have big ones, you know, like I, I, I've been trying to like think about it in terms of what I expect them to do. Um, I, you know, what? obviously it sounds terrible because you're, you're trying to bring Nick back from a horrific injury. Um, but in terms of bringing somebody in for nothing and seeing what you got, I would love to see Dobbins brought in if he's able to come back yeah. from that Achilles. And, uh, and and you wouldn't get really any guaranteed money. So, I mean, it's kind of like a, you know, it's a free roll, you know, so I would love to, to give that a rip. That's an interesting name. I haven't really heard talked much about. Uh, I mean, he was playing pretty good football at the end of 22, right? Yeah. A lot of expectations for 23 and then has that terrible knee injury. Right. And that's obviously a pretty big bummer. So, yeah, I mean, I, there's a, like some of those bargain running backs are interesting. I think if you're really worried about Nick's ability to go early, maybe taking a couple swings like that could make some sense. Do you have any guys from the draft that you've watched that you're really interested in? Cause the next question we'll get to is, is the quarterback group in a minute, but I didn't know if you had anybody from the draft you've watched that you're sort of keen to anybody that you've. Yeah. I mean, on. you know, outside of the top ones, um, which I've been looking at hard because of fantasy um, for, you know, the dynasty that we're in, but um, the running back out of Notre Dame. Audric Estime. Yes. Big boy. Youngest person in the draft. He's right there with, uh, I think he's, I think he's just a little bit older than the Wisconsin kid. Um, oh, Braylon, Braylon Allen? Braylon Allen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, think, right. I think we're getting that right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They're both 20. They're young, young running back prospects. So that would, that would be good. You could tell John's looking to run the rock. So he's a he's a believer in running the football uh, over everything else. Well, so my guy neighbors is out of out of reach because that's <laughs> you know outside of Marvin, that's that's my guy. I get it. I get it. Well, listen. Um, the the next question ironically comes in from an email um, from Dave. He asks, Jake, I know you're not looking at quarterbacks in this draft, but it does seem like a, a draft full of you know, some names at the top here who could be around the NFL for a while. Like, how would you rank those guys? So we're really doing this on feel because I'm not time is of the essence in my life. And I don't have time to dig into the tape of all these guys like crazy as I would, if the Browns were up there selecting one of them. Um, So I can't sit here and tell you I've peeled back seven or eight games of tape, but um, you know, I'm curious, John, you can, you can answer this too. It seems to me like, where I would rank them is, I mean, I would start with Caleb. I think people are overthinking him a little bit. Uh, and I think I feel like his, and really, you know, cause you're, you're viewing it the same way I am, John, where like, we're talking about fantasy perspective stuff. Cause that's all that we have. Browns don't have a first round pick. There's nothing here. There's just like, Hey, I'm in this goofy dorky league and <laughs> I have to make a pick here. I think it, Caleb's ceiling is higher than anybody else. 
I think that Drake May has a Justin Herbert-ish appeal to him where you could see him being able to do some pretty unique things and play at a high level. I think that you're probably in the third slot going to uh, Jane Daniels because the unique ability to run and, you know, he's pretty calm amongst chaos. I think he delivers the football quite well. Now he's dealing with a little bit of the LSU syndrome that Burrow dealt with, which is, I think the guy who slept on more than anybody else in this draft is not just neighbors who I think is phenomenal. He's not slept on at all. It's his teammate, Brian Thomas. Like, I think that guy can really play, you know, he's got that Justin, Justin Jefferson, not saying he's the same body type or anything like that, but in terms of a guy, when you turn on the tape and I'm like, good Lord, that guy can move. I think he's a really good player. So, you know, with Daniels, I think you're, you're, you're dealing with a little bit of the, uh, is it around him type stuff? But I think he did enough. He delivered the football well. And like I said, the legs, the extension of plays, and he's, you know, extremely, in my opinion, an efficient quarterback. And I think that can matter as well. So I would put him in the third tier. And then I think you have to put in the fourth spot, the guy that's climbing up boards as we speak, which is J.J. McCarthy. When you look at, you know, sort of what's gone on around the tape study, you look at like how Michigan's offense was, really built to to play through their two really dynamic running backs. And then like when they asked him to do NFL level stuff, kind of before he got beat up at the end of the year, yeah. he was able to handle those things at a pretty high level. And the more tape you watch on him, the more you peel back the kind of concepts that they were working, you can see why he was sort of under the radar in terms of these others around him. So that's the four in the top tier. I would put Nick's, um, I would put um, Penix, and probably uh, Pratt from from Tulane in that next tier behind them. But I think having those four in some way, shape, or form at the top of the draft is probably the right way to look at it. But I, you know, I'm a known idiot, so I haven't done quarterback study like this in a while. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, it's been years, right? But you know, we were all uh, many experts when the Browns, <laughs> you know, were at the top of the draft, and you could actually get some of these guys. And that was like an every year, um, an every year cycle. Yeah, it, it, it was way – well, the thing that's funny is, like, I got into this at the beginning, the the huge converse – like, I mean, by this, I mean the Twitter stuff and breaking it down, it is – you're right into a quarterback war, and then the Browns never got back into one, really, because, you know, Mayfield never moved on before they traded for Watson, so you're just kind of back into the same the same sort of cycle. But anyway, who do you have? Who's your four? How are you ranking them? As I try to, I'm, yeah. I'm hiding. I'm hiding a segment here behind getting John's uh, draft board, so I know yeah. it for our, our league. Uh, well, you know, in this, like, I it was one of my hottest takes here, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I think ultimately, yeah, you're putting this on record. Are you going to have McCarthy at number one? No, and uh, I don't know. No. I can't do it. I got gotta have Caleb. I gotta have Caleb at number one because everybody tells me I have to. I have JJ. Did, there was some of this with Stroud last year where people were telling you that Bryce yeah. was better, without a doubt better. I personally I think JJ McCarthy is QB one. Yes. Okay, there. Good. Stick with it. <laughs> Put your chest out. Yeah. All right. How do you rank the others? I would go I go back and forth. Um I, I got issues with, with Caleb at you know, kind of off the field stuff. Hey, I don't know. Maybe it's it's all the kind of stuff that gets overblown and then goes away once you get in the league and nobody really cares about that. Or maybe it resurfaces. But um, 
generally speaking, I've had I've had May and then Caleb, um, and that's not talent. I mean, Caleb is clearly the most talented QB in this class. I mean, it's not that is this is not questionable. Um, you know, it's just but once you get into the league, what we don't know is how it works. You know, between the years. I mean, that's really where it ends up making or breaking you. And that's, that's why it's still so hard to project, even for the NFL guys, nobody can get it right. You know, because ultimately, you know, look at Josh Allen and I know that he's the outlier of outliers, but what you didn't know was that this kid was going to go into the lab and work on his throwing nonstop. He didn't seem like that type of guy, you know, like Mm -hmm. an obsessive Tom Brady, like, you know, obsession with that. And I'm not saying it was to that level, but clearly he put the work in and clear and Baker did not, you know, like alternatively speaking, you know, as far as studying and, you know, I mean, God, how many times we got to mention the backside dig, but <laughs> you know, um, that's the kind of stuff you never know. I just, you know, and then I have Jaden Daniels, um, in a tier below, uh, number four, there's just, you know, there, he's got a ton of talent and there's two things. Um, you know, one, you know, I'm kind of into that sack to pressure, you know, or pressure to sack ratio, um, statistic. I think that 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 matters. And then if you look, and you don't have to look all that hard, you can find a video of this dude just getting obliterated on runs. Goofy, yeah, some goofy runs. And he is like 180 some pounds. You know, I think they've I called mean, him like Wiley E. Coyote runs. <laughs> Pretty much. It like reminds me of you know. I always used to say this about Robert Griffin. You know, like he had that that season, and and he burned out pretty quick. But you know two alternate quarterbacks, one Robert Griffin, right? And this mm-hmm. dude just seemed to maximize the amount of force impact that he received from any given defender. Like it was a true talent of his, um, you know, versus I watched Brett Favre almost every throw of his career, and it was damn near impossible to put anything solid on him ever. And, you know, he wasn't really what you'd call mobile. He, you know, he could move around in the pocket and stuff, but, uh, you know, maybe scramble for the odd, you know, naked first down, you know. But, you know, you could not put a lick on it, man. You just could. He just had a way of moving his body and not absorbing maximum impact. So that's what I worry about with Jaden Daniels. Not talent, not, you you know, he's a good passer, much better than I think Lamar when he came out. Um, but 180 pounds and taking hits like that, that needs to, yeah, he's got to get rid of that in a hurry. It's the biggest concern I think from people watching him is some of the, some of that exact stuff. They think he can handle the mental side. They think he can handle the pocket maneuverability and all of that. But there's a, like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Type of element to. Right. And coming off the season, watching Watson, you know, yeah, do some right. very stupid things after watching Mayfield do some very stupid things all in this same uh, all in the same vein that we're talking about. You know, yeah, it seems like if you listen to the if you listen to the Raiders, they are uh, trying to make Mahomes pay for some of that. I feel like Mahomes has a halo around him on the field. It's a really unique thing where people don't they don't aggressively attack that dude when he's running. And nope. um I mean, you know, I'd kind of like to see that change. He should have to pay for running without sliding. So let's see that happen. All right, last one. Go ahead. Retirement and see what happens. Yeah, exactly, man. (laughs) Uh, All right, Otto Graham Goat sends over a question. We're closing with this one. He said, I'm old enough that I played a football game on the Atari. Ever since the football games were fancy enough to really have a deep playbook, I've loved the Twins formation and using a Madden to this day. So I'm imagining what he means is two receivers to one side and not, 
you know, not like a uh, another split end or flanker opposite, like a three receiver something. Two receivers, two of those receivers are on one side, right? He said, for me, it's always real easy to identify pre-snap whether I'm looking at zone or man, right? It also helps for the run game to run outside on that side with no receivers because you don't have a cornerback to worry about blocking. Sadly, I know no one runs 21 personnel uh, a ton anymore. There's a few, you know, the McDaniel Shanahan guys love it still, but I think you can get the same concept in 12 personnel with two tight ends to each side. How come you never see this in the NFL level anymore? Is it time such an old idea could work with a team implementing it again to throw a wrench in what defenses want to do now? Thanks as always for a great podcast. I think Otto, and I don't mean this with any disrespect, Mr. Graham goat, that that is a Madden thing that, that linebackers cover too much. There is not, the ability to beat and win the corner as easily as you think there is in real life because linebackers run better than they ever did. Safeties tackle better than they ever did. And I think that you could probably get away with it for a play or two. It could be a wrinkle, but it's not like teams aren't having inline nub tight ends, you know, away from and motioning to it using a, I mean, the Browns did it on occasion. They'd have Nick Harris at fullback and, and have an open side and run to it. I don't think it's a bad thing to have implemented here and there. Like again, the Browns have done that. The dolphins have done it. The Niners have done it, but I don't think you can live in it. Okay. Because teams can have, you know, you'll see teams match 21 personnel with 11. Still, they don't care the way they used to. Right. So they'll still have three DBs on the field of three corners in particular. And that corner will play man to man on the slot. And you'll have a corner over the tight end to the wide side. And they'll disguise coverage that way. So I think to me, no offense, I play Madden. I'm in an everyday league, John, at my age. Love it. Franchise mode. We play a league every day, game every day. Nice. It's a really good Madden thing. It's less, it was less a good real life consistent thing, right? I'll probably take a little bit of that into my college football 25. More news is trickling out. John, I'm excited. I can't let go of that part of my childhood. I don't know how to. I've tried. Maybe wow. someday when Porter takes over my PlayStation completely, I'll have to give it all up. But as it sits right now, we're going to be a two PlayStation household. My wife doesn't know that yet, but that's <laughs> what we're going to be someday. So there we go. That's it. Anything to add to that, John? I wouldn't expect you to have anything coming out of nowhere with that one, but I will throw it to you, man. No, nothing there. Nothing there, no. <laughs> all right. We appreciate the questions, guys. We did not do a mailbag this week. I am going to be posting over the next few days some – um, you know, shows we've recorded uh, wrapping up positional reviews. So over the weekend, you will see linebacker, cornerback, safety, and then the safety one is a hybrid with specials that we can get that finished up, wrapped up, and talk about how the guys played in 23, what it looks like in 24, and then what opportunities there are to improve those position groups. So check that out over the long weekend. I'll be back in Ohio on Tuesday. So I'll probably record something on Tuesday and maybe the NFL news cycle has started up by then. So we will see. All right, guys, listen, have a fantastic weekend. I'll catch up with you, uh, like I said, on Tuesday when I get back. Big thanks to John for hanging out, doing this show, providing some fun conversation and good insights, and appreciate you guys making this a part of your day. So um, as I always say, rate and review the pod if you can, and then I continue to urge you to join the OBR's membership division. Take advantage. Join the best online Browns community you will find. You won't regret it. So 
find you guys next week. Until then, have a great weekend. Appreciate you guys. Be well. Go Browns.